0: That was actually really hard not to burp into the microphone. I'm not it kidding, was. Mark. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raised the roof, now when we're in the floor.
1: The band is blisting, but we got a little more. When I say one
2: to- Welcome to The Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock, I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website, whiskey.buzz. Welcome
0: to episode
2: 34 of The Whiskey Topic. Uh, here today is Sarah Parniak, which has been on the show before. Welcome back, Sarah.
1: Thank you for having me back, especially uh, after last time. I know. <laughs>
2: Sarah is a bartender at Elo. Allo- restaurant, which has gotten like a four star review out of four stars. Mm -hmm. Not doing, doing pretty good there.
1: Yep. Yep. Definitely getting some acclaim, which is pretty cool. Not me personally, the restaurant. Yeah.
2: did, uh, (laughs) Did Chris Nell Smith not mention the cocktails during his review? He did.
1: He did mention the cocktails. Um, it's, uh, great that he did actually, because that's kind of the first mention of the bar. Like the bar is quite a different entity from the restaurant itself. So, um, that's great.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, So today we thought we'd talk a little bit more about whiskey events because we uh, Whiskey Live uh, just happened in Toronto last week. Uh, we were all there, and we have probably three different perspectives on it. Um, Jamie, you worked the show. I
0: worked the show, yeah. I worked for Jim Beam, um, which was great. I got to hang out behind the bourbon bar, and we were pouring uh, Makers, Makers 46, Knob Creek, Basil Hayden, and Jim Beam Black. Um, so Matt Jones, who's been on the show before, um, uh had me sort of come out to give a hand. And um, it's it's really an interesting thing to be behind a bar at a whiskey show. And you really do sort of get to watch everything happen because you're not drinking at all. So you're sort of – you get to see the night sort of – Degenerate. degenerate. So very yeah. odd. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, at the beginning, it was sort of everyone's very – you know, polite and like, okay, hi. Oh, I've never had this before. And then people do start coming back a couple more times. Maybe you pour them something that they loved or like, um, or they just don't want to go anywhere else. So they decide that they're going to hunker down at the table and just, mm. just keep going or they're, oh, they'll do a whole tasting They'll be like, okay, just take me through everything, which is always kind of fun actually, to be completely honest. Um, but the good thing about this one was there was a very like clear cut end time, and it, it actually came at a really good time. I think it went what time did uh, what time did everybody get in there like? I it think was it was six to ten six officially. To ten, yeah. I yeah. Think. yeah, and and we um, so I think the sort of last call was around nine forty five or so. Yeah, which was perfect amount of drinking, mm-hmm. um, because people are so they I mean. I guess that the trick is to make sure that there is some they had some serious food there. I didn't get any of it. Yeah, but I didn't
2: have time to eat yeah, either. Yeah.
0: Which but they always try to have super carb heavy meals. Like potato sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, potato sandwiches. <laughs> I think they had shepherd's pie calzone. this time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, for the most part everyone's nice. There's always people come over that come over and want to tell you you know everything that they know. And there's, there's always going to be sort of that crowd or the it's there's like there's a very specific kind of way that some people ask you questions that you know they know the answer to but they're testing you.
1: I understand that right yeah, very well. That happens you all the time behind the bar. Of course. Yeah, and you're like I'm really not interested in engaging in this shitty one-upmanship. Thing, I'm not I don't into to, that at all. No. But sometimes you do have to put someone in their place. If they just won't lay off, you're like, okay, yeah, it's time. I'm yeah. about to drop a knowledge bomb on you. Here we go. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. Take a seat. Because yeah.
0: we're gonna be here for a while now.
2: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> this is
0: happening. Uh, and it's the way that the and it's funny because people are like, well, how do you know? And you just know there's like this leading way that the questions are posed that are almost like, oh, and bourbon is made from mostly what? Oh, and how much. Like, what percentage of corn does it have to be? And you're like, oh, okay, all right. I, I see what you're doing here. I'm okay. I don't know if I'm I'm ready for you right now. At and,
2: all. It, you know, like at events, too, though, there, there are people that pour drinks that know nothing about the whiskey, too, which dry, also This is me very nuts. true. Because I'm usually mm-hmm. like drinking something brand new, and and I'm like, oh, I actually have legitimate questions about this. And then, the, you know, that happened at the event. I'm like, the guy's like, I, I just don't know. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, honest answer. Um, I can Google this, it's not a big deal. But, right. um,
1: Okay, I don't know. Maybe you had you know five talking points about the whiskey tonight that you are pouring. That yeah, would be just, great. That would be great. Just <laughs> really? memorize.
2: Yeah, three to five bullet points would be awesome. Just that's that's it. Doesn't yeah. have to be real even. Could just give me something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that that's true. You do get a bunch of different. Uh, there there is a lot of different people, and I noticed there's also a lot like, and I mean I've done this too, where they just crowd, like you said, crowd the table and just take over the conversation, and it's very interesting because you can see like it's a good conversation, and then you're just like, I just want my drink. You know, like yes. that that happens a lot at whiskey events as well.
0: Yes. And it there is there is sort of that I know, actually I went to go say hi to some friends that were working behind the Balvini bar. Um, and there was just a row of people who had very clearly like hunkered down mm-hmm. to just sort of have a discussion and chit chat and while I appreciate that these events are totally for whiskey nerds and everything like that, there's like a little bit of recognize there's about forty people deep behind you yeah. also waiting for a pour and you know you're at the most popular bar it's and you know for sometimes it's hard to say okay can you move aside and like have your conversation over there and they want to engage the people behind so like you get it but it's also again about just sort of like knowing what's going on around you and being like oh
2: yeah i'd like i do the whole like hang by the side of the bar or by ha- the table the side or, is, and just like you yes. can just have a drink chat okay like let them do their work and just kind of like hey so da right um I don't know. I guess if everybody did that that would kind of suck for people too. There's just well, no great solution for it.
0: I think that there's like so there's enough people that are whiskey nerds balanced out with whiskey noobs that sort of like you I think there's enough room for the whiskey nerds to sort of hang out a little bit. I don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah. for sure because there's enough people that had never tasted Maker's Mark or Maker's Mark 46 coming up to the up to the bar that wanted to know a little bit about it. And then there was some people sort of around the sides. And so like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just sort of when you and your eight buddies decide you're going to take over the bar and hang out for 20 minutes. That's,
1: that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Did you guys think it was a bit of a bro zone as, um, I mean, let's be serious. We know that whiskey events are always going to be disproportionately, you know, uh, male, but, um, it did seem like this one was uh, particularly, really, <laughs> yeah, particularly well, <that's> <laughs> yeah. no, bro-y. It was, it was
2: totally Interesting, because like uh, my buddy Suresh and I were there. We we're like, "Wow, there's more women in this event than there were last year." Really? I-, I thought so, but you know, but there were still a lot of bros. Yeah, definitely a lot of dudes there. There's just a lot of dudes.
1: Definitely. Well, I guess it was a different layout from last year too, so it's yeah. it's different. Uh, like a, it's hard for me to like compare in my head, but it it did seem like I, I came with a girlfriend, and it seemed like we were definitely. <laughs> a handful oh, <laughs> amongst a handful of women oh, which yeah. is which yeah. is fine but um I think that within that that bro culture there's like a you know if a pod of men are going to a whiskey tasting they're going to do things like hang out and block mm-hmm. other people from getting whiskey without mm-hmm. even realizing it because right? yeah, yeah. they're mm-hmm. just getting drunk and just having a good time together totally
2: yeah there uh, there were more women with guys there which is interesting like girlfriends date night, yeah. date night, date night. but the girls knew, like because we, we talked to a few of them. the girls knew more about whiskey sometimes than the guys did which was great i'm just, mm-hmm. they're just like sometimes like the girl like actually brings out the guy She's like oh maybe we'll do and you, you assume she's with him but meanwhile no he he's with her um that's so awesome we, we, we did see that a couple of times uh just just chatting with the crowd but for the most part yeah no it was i thought it was okay i thought it was better than before but i thought last year's was just all dudes. So I guess right. It's yeah, it's not you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm just trying to think. I there was. It was a bro. It was a lot of bros. Mark. There's a lot of bros there for sure. <laughs> I'm thinking just like who was coming up to the bar, and I probably, I probably could remember the faces of all the women that I saw. Wow. And yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's good when the the ladies do come up and like they know what they're talking about, and you can have a a cool conversation because there is a different sort of interaction. I I said something, and there was this one sort of older gentleman, and he was just like, "Oh, I did not expect you to know that Mm -hmm. about that much about whiskey. Like, you don't look like somebody that would drink whiskey." Oh man, he said that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just, I was like, it's hard not to roll your eyes. It's a whole. Hashtag I have a real hard time this with my terrible. face. <laughs> yeah. I have a real hard time with my face. I'm not very good at hiding my. Oh, I'm the same yeah. way. Really bad liar. Really bad liar. And I mean, I get told all the time, like, you gotta watch that eyebrow, because I have this <laughs> eyebrow and it goes up, and like, I don't even know what's happening. And so I just kind of like eyebrowed him and he was sort of was a little quieter after that. But <laughs> it was just a little shocking that that it was really that's what that's what you come up to me with. You don't you don't come up to me with a great question about whiskey. You come up with a I did not expect you. You don't look like somebody that drinks bourbon or you like And I was like, OK, I don't know. Yeah. What, do, what does a bourbon drinker look like, sir? Yeah. That man from that television show. <laughs> I don't even know what television show Timothy Oliphant. What is that show?
2: Oh, um...
0: Justified. Is justified. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So is that what all bourbon drinkers look like? What exactly does Oh a no, bourbon Justified had
2: women drinking bourbon. Like, yeah. You know, even oh, that show.
0: What do
1: we do? Um, I don't know. What do we do? What I think we, we do. It's, it's right. just that old world kind of thought that's like gradually starting to fade away, but it's still very much a thing.
2: Not fast um, enough is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah.
1: definitely not fast enough. But. I think we discussed this like the last time I was on, but so I'll just bring it up really briefly, but you know, the general consumer like male or female doesn't matter is way more educated than ever before. So um, that's really hopeful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting. I actually had a conversation and, and I'm not sure if I can find it, but there was a woman that was there and she was, she does like a video podcast, like blog sort of thing, vlog. And she like interviewed me as a woman, in whiskey and it was really interesting because she she was like what so what's going on with with women in whiskey like here we are we're we're more present and i was like and i remember having this conversation with sarah before where my response was like well i think we've always been here i don't think that this is actually new i think that maybe women haven't been so, welcome. And that's why it's we've stayed away. I mean, I still walk up to a bar sometimes, and people will, and I'll be like, Could I get, like, a bland, neat? And it's like, oh, okay, are you sure? Or, like, something sort of along that line, which if you don't maybe have as strong a personality as I do, that could yeah, you that could throw you again. for a They're loop, like, and you'd be like, well, yeah. about, oh, oh, what do you think about me? Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it can make somebody uncomfortable. And so... I think that it's just sort of like that piece is the piece that needs to change. I don't think it's the women that are drinking whiskey
1: more. I think it's that. The perception that women don't know or drink whiskey. Yeah. But I think in general, it's like, yeah, it's still there. There's still (laughs) definitely chauvinism and sexism and, and all, well, many spheres not limited to drinks. But, you know, that's not just specific to whiskey. It's definitely, you know, spirits in general, there aren't a lot of, you know, women that are upheld as much as men, as experts, wine, even though there are so many fantastic female winemakers, so many fantastic uh, sommeliers that are women, um, you know, it's still kind of considered to be maybe a little bit of a niche thing. It's still like an old boys club in a lot of ways. And beer, let's be serious, you know, like, there are some fantastic ladies in beer. And, you know, I have a friend who is extremely knowledgeable, like, Cicero knowledgeable um, about beer and uh, had some, you know, ignorant comment direct- directed to her like by a brewer that was like, oh, well, you actually drink it? How do you know so much about beer? You you must actually drink it. It's like, oh yeah, gosh. dude, I'm a fucking beer writer. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't it drink crystal? it. I just no, uh, I don't think it was. But yeah. like it was just so ridiculous that that continues to happen. But. Within that, there are, that again, that's kind of like an old world uh, style of thought that I think is is changing. That kind of that generation that's harboring those perceptions yeah. um, is slowly. You know, retiring or <laughs> fading <laughs> away. So
2: fading away. because <laughs> yeah. the world did exist for the longest time. about like, oh, who drinks whiskey? And men are like, well, only men drink whiskey. So we're going to advertise towards men. We're going to do everything. Right. You know, we're we're going to serve men politely. But a woman asked for whiskey. Whoa. Um, we had a uh, Glenford Jameson has been on the podcast before. He talked about uh, he has he has his own podcast and he talked about liquor laws and how in the BC up until I'm going to get some of these facts wrong, but up until like the 70s men and women were really not allowed to drink beer in the same facilities like i mean we're talking like so crazy crazy? like that i think maybe it was 60s like again i can't quite remember the it doesn't matter it's still too recent no matter what it is um whereas like okay a guy could bring his wife to an to a bar but a single girl had her own place a woman she's single she had her own place if she really needed a beer that's where she would go um and yeah it's such a weird and that's that's we're that's not that long ago i mean no really, definitely it's
1: not. and in some cultures it still very much exists like i've never been to japan but um i've heard from multiple people uh you know who went to to japan to drink because they they are obsessed with the culture and they they want to drink the whiskey obviously and go to the cocktail bars that is just you know women don't really go out after you know 7 or 8 p.m. it's like this super patriarchal Drinking culture there, yeah, um, and yeah, so it's just it is definitely a cultural thing. But I think in in North America we're super lucky because, um, you know, for the most part we're there are no second thoughts about women and men drinking together.
2: <laughs> As has been repeated on the podcast many times, I do have dogs and they bark occasionally, and they're cute. And they are very. They're normal.
0: really cute. I'd be really curious to hear sort of stats from sort of maybe back in the day when there was the culture, maybe more in North America, where men would go out and drink and women wouldn't or they would drink, you know, wine or something like that. But, or when they were out, but versus how many women would drink whiskey at home, like from their husband's stash or like, or from their own stash or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It would be really interesting to hear if maybe drinking whiskey in public was seen as a certain thing but how much did women drink whiskey at home at home that
1: would be really interesting I think that's a yeah really interesting idea because there was this whole culture of home entertainment Mm -hmm. you know you think of like the 30s all the way up to like the the 60s like everyone had a home bar they were entertaining they were making cocktails at home it's all about being the hostess with the mostest but it wasn't like they didn't drink like the hostess was drinking as well as making your drink and serving you it, but yeah. she was yeah. in it as well. So I can't
2: remember who told me this story, but it's, uh, I my, I, well, it doesn't matter who told me, I probably want to say the name anyway. But uh, somebody's grandmother um, would drink vodka, and the reason why she drank vodka and like this, and still today, but in the 70s and 80s, is because like it was impolite for her to drink a dark liquid, and the uh, vodka also doesn't smell on the breath, so she could like politely drink vodka with a little bit of soda. And that was okay because people wouldn't be like, oh, she's drinking soda. Oh, that that's okay. Um, and She was so, sneaky drinking. She sneaky <laughs> yeah. drinking because she felt it was impolite to drink something as obvious as whiskey. Like She felt she would be judged, but then she would move to vodka as a way of like, you can't smell it on the breath, can't smell it on the drink. It's a clear liquid. Um, and then you figure how much vodka sales we had in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. true maybe related
1: i think it was also around especially in the 80s well there was like a bunch of things that contributed to it and the whole like voraciously marketed vodka thing but um people started to get really concerned about fitness and like working out and stuff in the 80s and i do think that maybe they maybe they didn't come out with you know the low calorie spirit shtick just yet but i i wouldn't doubt that people um thought that way or perceived it mm. as such
2: so we're uh we're eating pizza and uh, we are eating
0: pizza right now so from north of
2: brooklyn which is a really good pizza place
0: it's one of my faves <sighs> in the city i just you yep.
2: know so what is this one that we had this is the, the margarita pizza the margarita yeah i mean it's a good I like the it's sesame, a classic i like the sesame um finish on, on, the, on the crust mm. on the other one though
1: and also pizza and whiskey the ultimate pairing.
2: Yeah, it's dinner time. We're recording. It's dinner time. We poured whiskey. What are we drinking? All right. Mm-hmm. So um, Jamie's chewing, so she's not going to start first. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm drinking the uh, the Taylor Barrel Proof that I mentioned on the, the last show or two shows ago that I got. Um, just just loving it. Just still really. Freaking great! We're gonna um, get into that later, Mark. And, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to try that. <laughs> oh, it's it really is. It's uh it is one of my favorite whiskeys. Um, it's you can't. I mean, you can still get it somewhat if you really like find it. Um, whereas other stuff that's slightly better than this you just can't find. So it really is a good buy. Like just just buy it if you can get it, mm-hmm. uh, for eighty bucks. Do not buy it for a thousand dollars. Just don't do it. Is it out
1: there for a thousand dollars?
2: It is out there for a thousand bucks. Yeah, what there's the- places wow. that sell it for. For a thousand, it's usually I think the aftermarket. I looked it up. Uh, it was something like three to five hundred dollars aftermarket prices. That's
0: insane. Us. It's
2: dumb. It's dumb. Don't don't buy it for there's that. There's a lot much. of dumb people with lots of money out there, isn't there? Supplying <laughs> yeah, man, I guess. Oh, uh, but yeah, no, no, that's great. Um,
0: Look, I swallowed my my food so I can talk now. <laughs> so I was very generously, Mark offered to let me finish his bottle, and there's not a lot, so I'm not saying like I finished half a bottle. Uh, the Woodford Reserve Four Wood which was sort of tucked in the back of his whiskey cabinet. And I remember one of the first times that Mark and I did a tasting together. He brought this in his backpack to the tasting and I really loved it. Um, so rem- you remember that one? You don't remember
2: at all? No. Uh-huh. Bring I'm Matt backpack. Marks. You, yeah. Oh, Matt Marks. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, so yeah. our
0: friend Matt Mark hosted a tasting and I had met um, Matt Mark zero times and I met Mark once and he was like hey want to come to my buddy's house for a whiskey tasting and i was like okay sure and um so i turned up and this bottle came out and i was like yeah okay these are people i should be friends with because they have they just pull bottles like this right out of their back <laughs> they got the good <laughs> shit. <laughs> i love it so yeah this is um part of the masters collection that woodford puts out once a year mm-hmm. uh, this is from a couple years ago i think
2: yeah like 2013 i think yeah,
0: yeah. So, I'm just reading a little bit about it right now because I should probably know. What's,
2: what's going on. the four wood
1: component in it? It
0: says Kentucky Straight bourbon whiskey matured in oak and finished in maplewood and wine barrels. Distilled entirely in copper pots, stills of wood for reserve. Four wood is aged in American oak and finished in maplewood, port, and sherry barrels. Yeah. So,
2: it's not technically bourbon. Can it still be bourbon, bourbon then? No. no, it cannot. No,
0: it is. Yep. Well, it it, they're doing bourbon, that sneaky, sneaky thing yeah. where they say Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey matured sure. in, so mm-hmm. they're sidestepping the rules a little bit. But as far as like the, the master's collection that's come out, I've had a couple of these different releases and this one might be my favorite. Yeah, I even, know, I've not had the Sonoma, the one that they released last year.
2: I haven't either. Um, that Did one's not an interesting one for me because um, I find, like, uh, if you look at, like, kind of what I like and you look at, like, stuff like Jim Murray writes about, uh, Jim Murray likes basically high-proof peated whiskey. See, he, he mm-hmm. loves the same stuff I do. And so a lot of times um, I typically do use the guy. I'm like, okay, I like this. He rated that terribly. He was like, this hmm. is a terrible whiskey. I, don't, he, I think it was like an 84 or something. I can't remember. And I really, really like it. Um, I like so it. So, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know. There's always that edge case where you're like, you're just going to disagree. Um, but to me, it doesn't taste, it's not a bourbon drinker's bourbon. No, it's not. Mm. Um, it's a whiskey. It's a scotch drinker's bourbon. It is. Um, I'm going to grab you a glass and have a taste of that. Yeah, right I would
1: now. love to try it. Do you think guys that, um, there is a whole subset of whiskey lovers out there that just really does not care for sherryed whiskey? Because I get that impression from some people that are very avid and knowledgeable whiskey drinkers that just don't. Like what sherry does to whiskey. I,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not me, that's for sure. No, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely adore it. Yeah. But I, I
1: think that you you have to, um, I don't know, enjoy a certain kind of set of flavors. Right. And some people like a more delicate, like mm-hmm. restrained um, right. whiskey style. And most sherried whiskeys are not that.
2: Yeah, I think it does have a lot to do with that um, profile. Uh, kind of like no-weight statement no whiskey. You're, you're, people sometimes put a bad, oh my God. F- bad twist on They're like, ah, you know, sherry finish. It just gives you that overly sweetened flavor, and you're done. You don't taste anything else, and they right. miss what they like in a single malt scotch. Um, and then I think there's whiskey that's made really well that way. So I, I do mm-hmm. think there's a... I do think um, some distilleries will use that sherry flavor to mask just bad liquid. Mendronic um, hmm. um, is a good example of this because um, they, in, in the most positive of ways, but they were like, yeah, we bought a distillery. We didn't quite, the, the distillery, the stuff we had wasn't aged in really good wood. They didn't like their single malt, sco- like American oak aged stuff. They were like, this wasn't really that great. Um, but we finished it in Sherry Oak for uh, four years, but like reused Sherry Oak. So it wasn't brand new Sherry Oak. So it wasn't that overpowering Sherry <laughs> flavor. And they brought out a really good product out of it. Um, but then if you have like first time use Sherry Oak, then you, if it's aged too long, you're like, you don't know what you're masking. And it might just take away some of those. Definitely. Single malt scotch notes that you like.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, I think, it well, I think that it, yeah. it, like Sherry can be uh, too assertive. Yeah. You know, that's and that's it really needs at. to be done um, with a delicate touch, you know, but actually just to, to bring it back to, to whiskey live really quickly, I tasted a new, uh, quite heavily sherried product when we were there and I loved it. Um, but I, again, like there was a person beside me who was trying it that really didn't like it. Right. Um, and what it is is a, it's been it's it starts its life as Scotch, mm-hmm. um, and I think it ages for eight years in Scotland, and then it's sent to Jerez, and it it ages for another year, um, well because of the the hot climate and you know the all of the humidity, um, it doesn't need that long, um, in PX barrels actually, so it, it becomes this weird kind of hybrid uh, whiskey. Um, they called it Outlander. Which I thought was kind of smart. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think it's Highland whiskey to, to begin with and then yeah. um, is sent south. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was incredibly delicious. And I thought, like, I could quite, I still could detect, obviously, the, the scotchiness of it. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely very, very sherried.
0: You need to have, like, a certain, yeah, you have to have a certain sort of, like, palette, like, profile yeah. to, like, really love that. But it I did such I a cool, yeah, mm-hmm. and it does
1: such a, uh, it does a cool number on the texture of of the spirit as well, right? Because the Pedro Jimenez especially is just such a viscous,
2: yeah. uh, mm-hmm.
1: rich, you know, wine that um, it really did round out the, uh, the kind of the texture of the whiskey, which was super cool.
2: Cool. Wow. Who makes that? What booth was that at?
1: It was at the, like, the Woodman um, Wine and Spirits.
2: Okay. Oh, right, right, okay. Uh,
1: booth. Did you get to try... I guess it's like a, a gonzalez B.S. product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry.
0: The Jim Beam, uh, they had a Craftsman series that was also finished in the exact same sherry casks. Um, oh, And I Matt Jones know. was pouring it at his... Um,
1: Tasting, yeah. At his
0: master class. Um, I'm sure he has a bottle stashed away somewhere, maybe for our...
1: I've had their sherry cask, bourbon, but I'm not sure if it, it it's not it doesn't specifically say that it's PX cask. So maybe there are more than maybe there's more than one. Yeah.
0: I was gonna say I we'll have to check surprised. in with. Him. Yeah. We'll have to check in with him. It's it's again, it's a really interesting flavor profile.
1: Yeah, bring it on. I love yeah. Sherry and I love whiskey, so I love them together.
0: Are we worried at all about like sherry casks? Because what in terms of sherry consumption I I could be getting this wrong. Mm-hmm. I could totally be getting this wrong, but I did hear because sherry consumption has gone down. Uh, there isn't as many barrels just hanging around ready to finish a whiskey,
1: and so is this something we're worried about? Or no? I think probably if anything, sherry consumption's gone up. I think good in the next in the last little bit. Um, it's really become a trendy. Thing, but it could indeed be mer- making sherry barrels more scarce because, mm. um, just like with bourbon, obviously you're having to condition that oak outside. You know, it has to go through this whole process before the barrels are actually made. And then sherry houses use the Solera system, so they're always using their barrels, right? Mm-hmm. So they might not be as willing to, to give them up now. Well, it's right? that, a great point.
2: It's it's the reason it's really important if you're like, a, really want a th- authenticity. Uh, When they say it's, like, a type of sherry, that's great. When they just say sherry finished, it it may not even be sherry inside there. It could be, like, some of these sherries, apparently... The way to look at this is they buy barrels from Kentucky, and in Scotland they age them for, like, 8, 10, 12, 18, whatever years. So for them to take a sherry barrel, you know, a European oak, and put sherry in there that might never be sherry, might be made into vinegar or something else, um, and to age it, like, just... Eight, you know, season it for like nine months to make vinegar, and then send it to the U.S. Uh, send it to Scotland, and then age it there uh, for another nine months with the aged Scotch in those barrels. That's not that expensive for them. They can do that. It's not that expensive, so they do a lot of that. Because European oak, on the other hand, is is widely available. I think American oak is definitely in demand, uh, but European oak is a little more easier to get. So for them, it's not that big of a deal for the Scotch industry. Um, that's why it says Pedro Ximenez. Awesome, like you know, it's right. actually sherry, mm-hmm. um, and that's why those words are important on the uh, on that bottle, which you know I think also has authenticity to it. It's like you, you oh, know what, sure. you know what sherry yeah. was in there before, right?
1: And definitely like if you know if you're aging in like an Oloroso or yeah. a PX, like there's going to be a huge difference on how that sherry interacts or that sherry cask interacts with the whiskey what kind of notes it's bringing to it, what kind of texture it's bringing to it. Um, So yeah, for a whiskey geek, it's good to know, Mm -hmm. right? What Mm -hmm. kind of cask you're dealing with. Uh,
0: We haven't found out what you're drinking yet,
1: Sarah. Oh, well, I'm also drinking, (laughs) thanks to you guys. It's delicious four wood, it's so good. Um, But what I brought to drink today is the uh, recently released JP Weiser's Double Still Rye. Um, Canadian whiskey with a little bit more character than maybe we're used to seeing. Um, I quite like it. Like, it's not necessarily something that I would sip neat all the time, but, um, I think it would do just fine. I haven't tried yet, but, you know, I'd be curious to make like something like a Sazerac or, Mm -hmm. uh, even try it in an old fashioned, um... I kind of get the impression that it's a uh, like a Canadian whiskey that's geared towards bourbon drinkers. Um, it's not super bourbony, but um, it definitely has you know it's a little bit more robust than usual. So they um, it's a blend of two rye distillates, is my knowledge, and they they do the first one in the column still, and the second one is uh, double distilled mm-hmm. first like a column and then a pot, I believe.
2: Yeah, Don Livermore does when he ever does the whiskey tasting, he does the. Column still versus pot still, and he'll do the rye and the Mm -hmm. barley and the corn, um, and you really like, you really get that like okay pot still. You get a lot of grain flavor. Um, I mean, I guess you know most Canadian whiskeys is made column and pot still. They'll use a little bit of pot still for flavoring, but. Um, for that actual whiskey flavor. But this is all about flavor. It's all about that Canadian rye, which is different than American rye, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Nice, uh, it's a rougher drink uh, with I would say it would be greater for cocktails. Yeah. It's also like 28 bucks here, which if in the U.S. Yeah. it makes it a $14, $16 drink, right? <laughs> Not that they would so sell. So it's it.
1: great value. Yeah. You can't <laughs> us, go wrong. It's
2: great value. I mean, the, the cheapest whiskey we can buy here in Ontario is 25 bucks. So when you're paying $28 for a whiskey, you're like, okay, but by law, yeah. like Ontario law says this is the cheapest they can sell spirits. So uh, for 28 bucks it's in it's a very affordable price range for us.
1: Indeed. And they've also um, upped the ABV on it, which is kind of cool. Uh, which is obviously adding to the the robustness of the drink, <laughs> but I like that they're they're starting to experiment and like push beyond just you know forty percent Canadian whiskey. You are know? you
0: finding that that's sort of what people are responding to a little bit more now is sort of getting away from the quintessential smooth like people love to say sm- I hate to use the word smooth and I it's just a I smooth is such a Interesting term, and I try to stay away from it because it isn't really
1: it's also kind of a cop out term, yeah. Right? <laughs> I was gonna Cops say, if I'm writing and I was I'm like, like this how do is I super say this smooth, nicely? yeah.
2: <laughs> oh no, I just divulged my yeah. not so secret, yeah. So yeah.
1: Secret. it's, it's, it's like one the, of those it's like the words. nice girl,
2: nice guy. Oh, like she's such right. a nice girl, or such a yeah. nice guy, yeah. such a nice and you sort of want to stay yeah, away from yeah, it because no, it doesn't help, no. it's
0: not helpful, it doesn't do it. so. But in terms of what people, like, robustness, or sometimes I call, like, bourbons, like, really jaggedy. Like, they've just got Mm. these, like, pops of flavor in weird spots. And it seems like with the popularity of bourbon, you're getting that is sort of a a new, exciting way that people want to drink. They don't want something that's necessarily quiet and subdued yeah, yeah subdued, and see that's a good word subdued we <laughs> subdued. just stay away from smooth um, better than smooth yeah. better than smooth and so yeah so I think that that's it's a the t- like timing wise it's great yeah. bring out all the sort of stuff that maybe you couldn't have marketed before, before the bourbon craze and I
1: think that they're they're doing a really great job of that mm-hmm. um and you know Wisers and, you know, a lot of the other products coming out of um, Hiram Walker Distillery are really innovative, Mm -hmm. you know, liquids. And uh, now that there is that consumer base that is wanting more flavor, that's now uh, acquainted with and thirsting for rye whiskeys, Um, and you know, something that might be more jaggedy or more, you know, just intriguing on the palate. Uh, they're really, like you said, taking advantage of that and just being really timely about it and, and doing some cool stuff. And I know we, before we started recording, we talked about the hopped, the wiser's hopped whiskey as well, Yeah, which, and I know (laughs) is like whiskey purists. None of us are probably, you know, reaching for the bottle of spiced whiskey on the shelf, obviously, but you know, I thought it was at least well integrated
2: yeah wisers hop uh, is uh, a Canadian whiskey made by wisers obviously but it, they you know every whiskey when they do batches del, um they marry the whiskey together right into the uh, in giant vats um, and so this is done everywhere and they kind of they kind of let the whiskey settle in so they that this usually you know the whiskey kind of sits around for you know usually weeks or usually months rather um, so they throw hops in there like this is what wisers does they at that stage they throw hops so would be completely, wouldn't even be considered a whiskey in the U.S. I don't even think, no, would not even be considered a whiskey in the U.S. Because um, you can add flavoring, but it has to be like two, two and a half percent. And how do you measure hops? It's a completely Canadian thing. I don't think anybody else could legally do this and call it whiskey. That's a being, good point. I uh, didn't think uh, yeah. of the legality. Yeah, legalities. yeah. Mm-hmm. like nobody else could do this. Um, certainly Scotland couldn't do it and call it whiskey. No. Um, so you're adding hops in that very last stage. And it is, for me, it's chocolate and licorice um yes. whiskey um and yeah even even my i try to be not as whiskey purist when i like talk about whiskey um but it's still too flavorful to not whiskey for me um yeah. just not whiskey but is there a but i don't know
1: i think that's a, a preference and that's yeah totally fine yeah yeah right and like you are one of you know you're a person who's been privileged to drink you know, tons of incredible whiskeys as are you. And like, so I think that, you know, maybe we have a different, um, context for, for tasting and like deciding whether something is, was something we'd return to. Um, but I think just within the realm of flavored spirits, I've tried in general, which I always try to steer steer clear from Mm -hmm. because I, yeah, it usually doesn't end very well. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) not because I like them so much. Uh, I think that, the was at least did justice to the whiskey. Like I could still detect the mm-hmm. whiskey through sure. like the hops yeah. flavoring. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, hey, that's this is kind of a cool twist on the old like whiskey and a beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like if I had that beside an IPA or if I made like a boilermaker with it. Exactly. I think that yeah. would be pretty damn good. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's on a not, certain night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's not it's not meant for whiskey nerds for a daily sipper it's mm-hmm. got its purpose it has its job and it does it yeah. i you know
2: it's a great point i sugar. mean, I, I think the idea of adding that that flavor profile of licorice and chocolate um in a way that doesn't add sugar or syrup is great so you know, For sure, right? you know yeah. that's a great way of looking at it it's not uh it's not fireball and it's not you know <laughs> anything else it's just like yeah it it, it does still taste like whiskey ish very big ish on that one but still yeah yeah yeah
0: I mean even Fireball has had its place in all of our lives I'm
1: sure. Oh my god. <laughs> Actually guys the last time I had Fireball was in Louisville. Oh, hey, hey. hey. I was just like <laughs> raging out at a gay bar in Louisville because that exists and it was the best. That's right. And a really cute go-go boy bought me a shot of Fireball. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> no, like, of course not. Um, and I'm like the whole time though trying to like quell in my mind that isn't there like wasn't there some story that broke about like Fireball containing some sort of like creepy plastic. Yeah. Was it like yoga Europe, mat or the, something? Yeah. Oh my gosh, uh. It's so funny. Anyway, maybe that uh, maybe that explains why I felt like crap the next day. But I don't know. That might be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that
0: could be part of it. You never know.
2: Well, you know, fireball. Um, yeah, that's a good. That's that's funny. You're like you're you're a whiskey. Not that you're a whiskey snob, but but it was just like you didn't go and be like. Well, actually, I do not drink Fireball. Sorry, sir. No, there's a time and a place for drinking everything. That's (laughs) right. I'll be
1: hard-pressed to accept a shot of Jaeger, like no matter how much I like (laughs) you or no matter the situation. But I will try. Like if you are cool enough and I'm having a good enough time, I will try and drink Jaeger for you. Uh, But that's the one I will definitely struggle with. But yeah, with whiskey, you know, like yeah screw it you can't yeah. be you know you can't uh, be a snob because that gets in the way of life and experience of, of spontaneity of <laughs> yeah. fun exactly
0: yeah, and then everyone's like, oh, who's a whiskey snob over there? They refuse, they refuse my fireball. You know what? I'll take <laughs> right? I'll Take your fireball. You're not going to make any
1: new friends by just being That's a whiskey right. snob in Louisville. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you drink that fireball with a smile on your face, goddammit.
2: This Fireball yeah. a Kentucky whiskey? I don't even know. Is it from Kentucky? No, it's not No, a it's no. A, the,
0: I believe that there is some Canadian connection to Fireball oh, as well. No way.
1: <laughs> Probably oh. yeah. mass produced whiskey, yeah. and just put some cinnamon syrup and yeah, get in there. Yeah, um. it's, I mean,
0: we've I, I remember I had a night with Fireball. And uh, I remember sitting on a couch and falling off of it,
2: <laughs>
0: which is hard to do when you're already sitting down. But hey, that's Fireball for you. <laughs> I managed to <laughs> slide right off that old couch. Well
2: Diageo does that um, every product. Is not Fireball isn't a Diageo product, but um, Diageo has that website that they list all the like contents of their booze. Um, and it's not like ingredients, but it's like, it's got this many grams of sugar and I can't remember huh. what the Diageo version of Fireball is. It's, I don't know. I think it's like Seagram's maple something. I okay. don't know. It's not, it doesn't sell nearly as well as Diageo does as Fireball does rather, but I'm like, there is sugar in there, but it's not like a bazillion. It's not like Coke. I think there's like less sugar in there than Coca-Cola because you're taking a little shot. It's also quantity wise. Um, but it's still like, you know, 15, 20% sugar essentially. Yeah. But. So, yeah, hopped whiskey, not sugar.
0: That's all right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, if you're not adding in terms of, like, that extra little bit of, of like, a boilermaker, now I'm like, oh, I could try that. Yeah. Totally. I could try that right
1: now. That'd be fine. And it's also kind of brilliantly capitalizing on... The hop trend—that's such a thing right now. Yeah, you know? 100%. Yeah, and I'm not—I'm assuming that that's available in the states as well. The hopped whiskey.
2: And the dogs are making noise. Oh, uh, yeah, it, um, yeah, it is—it is, it is a bit like, oh, people liked hoppy beers, so let's give right. hoppy whiskey a try. You don't get quite the flavor compounds, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't taste anything like hop beer. No, at all. no, definitely not. No, yeah. There's, there's no.
0: I don't know if I did great tasting that hop whiskey I was super hungover that day yeah <laughs> and my tasting notes are like basically say like kill me now
2: oh those are great tasting notes because you and I are sitting side by side I we was were...
0: sweating bro we were... I was <laughs> sweating that morning wow <laughs>
2: I Not can't remember what we did the night before, but there was some drinking involved, yeah. um, and we were the next day. Jamie's just like killing me now. I, su- I was no. sweating it
0: as soon, and it was funny because they had all those in like you know the whiskey tasting, where they put um, like a thing on top of the glass so that you know all the lovely nose vapors stay in. And then mm-hmm. you took it off, and you were. And, really, and I bleh. wanted, to- yeah, that's exactly what I was uh, like. I've been in oh, that position. So I'm just dripping, just dripping oak barrel i'm sure from whatever it was i was doing the night before and i was in misery and i was like jamie this is your own fault you knew this is what you were doing today yeah you have no one to blame but yourself so you better drink this whiskey and i did it and then my notes were hilarious they were like kill me Kill me now. My head hurts. And I was like, these are useless tasting notes. Did
1: it eventually make you feel better, though? No. <laughs> no. It was that bad. The hair of the dog didn't. No. no. No.
2: There was food, too, but no. I I, think,
1: oof. That was a rough day.
2: I think my favorite thing at Whiskey Live that I tasted uh, was the Lafroy 25. They were um, a great, great trick, too, which actually Sarah told me about. I had no Shh. idea. Um, but if you're a f- friend of Lafroy's and... You, um, you're front of her Then you get this like you at the booth they were offering you sips of 25, and man, did that taste so good!
1: Well, that was one of that was probably my favorite thing
2: too. I, I always I I love a whiskey that like you're 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 having a, you're having uh, you're drinking and you're enjoying your evening and then just a whiskey just like boom and you're like doesn't matter how buzzed you are doesn't matter what you've had before doesn't matter if you been drinking bourbon oaky bourbon this right and you just taste the whiskey like
1: wow time just stops. Yeah, yeah, everything like, stops. You, you hear like a
2: romantic tingles, tune. You're like so yeah.
0: good. You have a moment with it. Yeah. Yeah. It I uh, Mark came good. over to the Jim Beam booth and was like, listen, you have to you have to just like hide behind the sign and like take a sip of this because it's gonna change your life. And I was like,
1: All right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that and was I it was
1: um, exceptional. So good. I really liked the, um, there was some Glen Goyne, I think 21. Did you have that? Yes, that, was that was awesome. Great. That was another highlight for me. Yeah. Super Glen like delicious, chocolatey, like indulgent. Oh man. So good.
2: Uh, yeah. That, that little section there had a lot of great, great whiskey there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Grand and Sons had there, they released one just for the LCBO here in Ontario. Uh, and that was really great as well. I really enjoyed that. Um, Jane was drinking probably a lot of Jim Beam that night, but uh, well,
0: I, I didn't drink anything until the after party. Yeah,
2: yeah. 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 So
0: I was, uh, I was, you know,
1: such it, restraint. Yes, such professionalism. Yes. No,
0: absolutely, oh, absolutely, yes. Because you have to be able to, you know, give everybody the scoop. And so I showed up to the after party, and I was like, "Give me a million drinks." <laughs> probably not the best scenario for someone who also didn't eat dinner that night. She oh, missed it, but it's a good night. It was fun. It was hilarious, and uh, yeah. So, but yeah. By four o'clock in the morning, I was stumbling yeah. home. I lost my wallet.
2: <laughs> you did.
0: Oh. I did. I lost my wallet, but then I found it at the, the Delta day. Hotel the next day. Yeah. The Delta. Hotel. I literally, yeah. So I was like sweating. I woke up in the morning like sweating. Actually, I wasn't sweating yet because I was still drunk because I didn't leave the hotel, so you felt four great and
1: chipper right and amazing and you're like until, how is this possible until I realized my
0: wallet was missing no, no. and you know why I was it was missing is because I had shoved two bottles of highland park in there and I displaced my I literally displaced my wallet with whiskey two bottles <laughs> Mark was like how are you fitting that in there and I was like i don't know it's just in there and i was so <laughs> proud of myself and then of course my wallet takes a tumble at some point so I retrace my steps, I go to the security desk in my building, I'm like, "Hey guys, like I'm wearing you know like a toque, no makeup. Like it's, like, it's scary, scary." And so I, I retrace my steps, and then I was like, "Oh, I ended up at McDonald's. That's weird. So I went <laughs> me and all, oh, like all the hungover people in the city on a Friday morning, go to McDonald's, go grab my McDonald's bag and like run to the Delta, go to the front desk, and I'm like, "Hey, um, has anyone turned in my wallet?" And she's like, "What's your name?" And I was like Jamie Johnson. She's like <gasps> Jamie Johnson. And I was like, <gasps> and then she was dude, like, dude, yeah, you're so it. lucky.
1: <laughs> Can you even believe? No.
0: And That's so she shocking. went in the back. She got. I gave her like the biggest hug ever, which is weird because I probably smelled terrible because <laughs> smell
2: like booze. I
0: smell like booze still. And then I was like skipped all the way home, and then two hours later I was like, "This is the worst hangover <laughs> I've ever had in my life." So that, it was I was drunk still when I was.
2: We were so overboard. happy that morning. Jamie and I were texting all morning. Oh we're like, gosh. "Oh, still bust, still bust. and then yeah, at a certain point we just both stopped texting because I assumed oh, it was just like no. Devastation descended. Done. Done, yeah. done. I
0: didn't feel okay until about seven o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, that was rough. But I just
1: had a delayed hangover after Whiskey Live, actually. So I woke up, same thing. I was like, oh, I'm feeling pretty great. (laughs) Gotta go do some stuff, got some work done, like totally fine. I think I had like lunch with a friend. I was like totally normal. (laughs) Like having a good, I know, capable of conversation. (laughs) And then biked and everything. I was like, cool, I'm the best. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not hungover. And then I got to work, actually. And I was like, oh shit <laughs> oh, no. it was like a half an years. hour into my shift and I was like oh no here it comes like yeah it was just Sweating. oh it was gross Oof. Oh. it's yeah, rough so. it's
0: rough because you do get a little cocky about it when you don't get your hangover right away you're like nice
1: yeah, I'm doing great happy. I probably shouldn't feel this good but I am good <laughs> it's just funny that this has happened to like all of us so many times oh. and we still don't learn our lesson never well, the, worst,
2: lesson. the worst part is I mean the worst part is really if uh, whiskey live this year was was the best it's been since I've been going
1: why uh, was there no Japanese whiskey though can we just talk about oh, that for a quick I don't know. Okay? I, thought
0: oh, there I, was. Was. I thought I thought there was but am I wrong there was no oh. hibiki did I miss no. it because
2: no. I, think, I would no. thought for sure there would be some no. I thought so too no, but they did bring their game today. Like, I feel like last year, none of the vendors really brought anything special, and this year they did. So you're kind of like, oh, crap, now I'm drinking this. Like, oh, this booth is serving this, and now you're really at this point where you're just, like, you're enjoying a lot of weird different whiskey. Whereas I thought last year, I'm, like, I'm getting stuff that I can, you know, taste at every event type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year they did a good job, and it, it definitely made it a lot harder to um, manage your consumption. To pace, you. pace yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I felt great. I, like, I left Whiskey Live perfectly sober, and then there was the after party, and then just, like...
0: Well, yeah. everyone was hopeless during that yeah. the after party. It was it was a, just a total
1: disaster. I had to. I was like thinking when I saw you and Suresh, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll I'll come to that. And then I think by about 9 p.m., we just had to vacate Whiskey Live to get food, right? Because we just couldn't. Yes. We couldn't even. Yeah, we had to get dinner yeah. and a, a bottle of wine, obviously. Yes, yes. and yeah. then uh, go drink more wine. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, that explains my hangover, I'm sure. Well, yeah.
2: speaking of more yeah. drinking, we've got a whiskey tasting coming up, so yes, we should tie we do. Yes. Um, Any last thoughts? So we, any I last have a tips? thought. Yes.
1: I have a thought
0: about eating pizza while trying to do this. Okay. I've just spent a lot of time trying not to burp into this
2: microphone. That oh my has God. been a problem. I agree. I right? Agree. I totally, it's really I hard
0: to eat and drink and talk and not, like, belch
2: directly
0: into the microphone. It's just been... Yeah,
2: Oh, Just, it, it's it's again. Like the level of professionalism well, <laughs> here is admirable. Every week, every week, this is what we bring every week. So
1: I've learned a lesson here about talking and eating at the same time. And it's all for the greater good because the more food you have in you, the more whiskey you can drink. Yes. See?
2: So see? Science. <laughs>
0: this is science.
2: Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for Thank coming on. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, thanks for having it's you always a
0: pleasure. Although one piece of feedback I did get. Somebody was like, I couldn't really tell the difference between when you were talking and when Sarah was talking. Oh my so God, that's the most a- sexist
1: <laughs> remark I've ever heard. <laughs>
0: I guess well, we like sound every, a little bit alike.
2: No, it, it, I don't think it's that sexist. I think every guy we've had on this show has had an accent. We've had a guy from Minnesota, from Scotland, oh, yeah. from LA, from like the South, from Florida. Every, every guy has had like an accent and I'm like, I'm just like normal. We're from the same accent. area.
1: We're around the same age. We're just like, yeah. So yeah. the next, if I'm invited back, then I, I have to distort You're my voice. Oh, no. I have to wear No, because I think it's great to
0: keep people guessing.
1: Oh, yeah, true. It's so great. Okay, <laughs> fine.
0: Yeah, I think it's awesome. <laughs> Let's just do it.
1: The mystery the continues. That's oh.
0: right. Who's talking right now? Sarah, Jamie. Doesn't matter. Because they're both smart and lovely. Absolutely.
2: I 100% <laughs> agree.
1: And <I> love whiskey. <laughs> exactly.
0: It's all good. Thanks, Sarah. Thank Thanks, you, Sarah. guys. Thank you. The
2: singer's getting